Alright guys, I want to welcome you to another installment of the Weird Pastors Kids Podcast. I am your host, Shelton Williams, and today our um, guest, my guest host for you today is someone who has been on the podcast before. He has shared his experiences um, being uh, a black man and being a police officer. He shared his insight on so much, so many different things. I have my brother-in-law, William DJ Davis. Say hello to the people, man. Hello, people. I'm back. <laughs> He's back. All right, guys. <laughs> so, man, how you been though? You doing all right? Yeah, man. I'm I'm doing all right. We're uh we're getting our roof replaced over here actually in a couple of weeks, oh, so that yeah. kind of sucks. But yeah, no, it's it's wind and hail and all that good jazz that comes with Texas. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, that's something I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to, like, learn, like, now. Like, I'm thinking about changing my whole, my coverages for my vehicle, for my car, like, changing my comprehensive deductible to be, like, $50, okay? Something like yeah, man, my deductible, because hail is something real in Texas. So I'm able yeah. to do that, you know, so really trying to yeah. get all that done and get that right all here, man. and everything. Yeah, man. But how you been, though? I know, um, as for some of you guys who don't know, um, my uh, my brother-in-law, he has been, uh, you know, working the streets, protecting us, keeping us safe, okay, because um, Texas Tech was, you know, in the championship, and, and they, they didn't know how to act, okay? Have and so, be on my <laughs> Lord, I got was stories that, about that. Oh, bruh. <laughs> okay, so... I'll just start with Saturday night when there was the Final Four game, all right? I wanted them to Yeah, I wanted them to win. I was so thrilled. Plus, I was sitting at the hospital with an inmate. So me and him are in the room watching the Final Four, and it was legit. We were having a great time. Then they won, and I was like, yeah, what up? You know, we were high-fiving and stuff, and then he went to jail. But besides that, once I got back <laughs> – like legit, it was it was real. We were. I told him I was like, look, don't give me no problems because we need to watch this game. And he was like, all right, boss. So we watched the game and we we're good. But after that, I was expecting like maybe some uh, some party calls. Like, all right, they're just gonna be rowdy college students. No biggie. You know, we'll just get a lot of that. Now, next thing I know, I'm hearing like, oh, uh, we need officers because they're flipping cars in the street. I'm like, what? And so, like, we show up, and literally, bro, every, like, the crowd was so bad, they literally had to call pretty much every officer working that day in the city to come to, to where they were flipping cars and stuff. It was over in their uh, in their bar district. And, like, You're we're sitting there with riot. Man. Yeah, we're, we're sitting there with riot gear on and stuff, and, like, the chief of police was out there. So this was a – I mean, I didn't expect to see him, so this was a big deal. And we're out there for, like, four hours. You know, they're – I mean, the SWAT guys are dishing out tear gas, and it wasn't working because they were using the wrong kind. Like, the kind they were using was supposed to be used, like, inside of a building or a closed space. But since oh, we were outside, it just – yeah, it just didn't do anything. So we're sitting there doing that, and then they take, like, a bunch of those lime scooters. If you guys aren't familiar with those, they're scooters that are motorized, and they, like, sit on the sidewalk on the side of the road. And it's kind of like Uber. You can go up to it, uh, you download the app, and you can ride it for, like, a dollar or something like that. And uh, they took a bunch of those, piled them up, and set it on fire. 
and then they set the car on fire. So, like, they they were, like, really, really happy. Um, so after all that was done, I found out that I was working on Monday, uh, and I never work on Monday nights, but they called literally every police officer that we have to come work Monday night for the game. And, you know, nothing really happened Monday night because we lost. So it was just some yeah, nice overtime. Yeah. But yeah. it was an experience. Yeah. Yes, man. Oh, my. So, because I, I just couldn't imagine, like, having, because the thing is, these people are celebrating by tearing things down. Like, <laughs> Dude, like, no, like I, I wouldn't think to do that, but, you know. <laughs> I, well, yeah, that, that wasn't my first thought either, but, like, legit, if just anybody out there listening, if your college team makes it to the finals, Go riot, because that's apparently the thing to do. You know, I I didn't get the memo on that. PCC never went to anything, so never no. got the opportunity to try it. But apparently that's how we roll, so keep that in mind. I guess that's what people do. I guess that's what people do. You know, I, they're like, hey, we won. Let's tear things down. Let's burn cars. Yeah. Let's burn food. <laughs> I, I that's guess, man. <laughs> yeah. The memes were real at that time. I'll just say that. Lubbock was put yes. on the map. So, yeah. I definitely saw that. You guys were trending on Twitter. Like, you guys were trending. I was like, oh, goodness, what's going on? <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, the uh, tech was going on. So, I, I don't – I hope we – if we win next year, that would be cool. But at the same time, I'm kind of scared. So, you know, we'll just – we'll play it by ear. I don't know. You know, what's so crazy is I'm – didn't know who to root for in the championship game, right? But then I was thinking to myself, you know what, because I'm in Texas now, like, I guess I got to go for Texas Tech. Like, I was like, I guess that's who I have. So, like, by default now, I'm guessing I'm going to pick up all these Texas teams, um, you know, just because I live here. I mean, I have to um, be, yeah. I guess, a little bit of a Dallas Cowboys fan since I'm in the area well, now. Like, yeah, you're... I just have to pick up these teams. Just for the short you, time. Yeah, and if you resist, man, it's just going to be shoved down your throat. Because, I mean, you can buy Dallas Cowboy T-shirts at grocery <laughs> stores here, for crying out loud. So it's going to happen one way or the other. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right with that. You know, and for, oh, and for some of you guys listening, you're probably confused. Yes, I live in Texas now. Um, I have moved. That's a life update. I've moved from Florida to Texas. And... um. My brother-in-law, he helped out with a, with a large, you know, part of that helping us move, okay, which was an experience all by itself. And uh, But what was great about that is a lot of the topics that we're going to talk about today, we actually talked about on our drive coming here into the Dallas area. So it sparked great, great conversation. Did not, like, we had a really good ride, like it didn't seem as long as it really was because of the great topics we had, right? Yeah. It was great. Mm-hmm. So what? So now, okay, so what's what we're going to do? Um, I want to talk, I want us to really talk about kind of, because um, we, we actually went to a concert, and I was super excited to bring DJ because for everyone, you know, who knows me, knows that I am a huge, like, Christian hip-hop fan. Like, I love Christian hip-hop. Lecrae's my favorite rapper, like, you know, Lecrae's music and things have changed my life. So I was happy to bring DJ along to a concert where they had everyone on Reach Records. It was the Unashamed Forever Tour, 
Okay, it was amazing. Lecrae, Tripoli, Sadashi, What Up RG, Gavi, KB, like everyone was out there, right? So we had such a good time. I was like, let me bring my brother-in-law to this experience, okay? And, you know, tell the people, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, was it the concert pretty great these days? Like, just tell the people how the concert was. Man, all right. So this this concert, now I'll, I'll give you all my Christian <laughs> hip-hop knowledge, okay? Um, I have one McCloy <laughs> CD, and I, I had it um, before I went to this concert. It was the, the Rehab album. And honestly, like, before yeah. today, I couldn't tell you every song that was on there. I would listen to it. I had, like, two songs on there that I loved, and, you know, that, that was pretty much my knowledge of Lecrae and all things Christian hip-hop. I went to this concert. Bruh, since the concert, I have not stopped listening to Lecrae and What Up RG <laughs> and KB. Bruh, I, I, I don't know what you did to me, but thank you. I appreciate it, okay? Because literally it's just been on repeat. This concert was the best concert I've ever been to, okay? Hands down. Awesome. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about. See, I made him a believer, guys, okay? You, oh, you guys have yeah. to understand, we were close to the stage. Like, we weren't, like, in the nosebleeds. We were close to the stage, no, okay? That's and right. these guys performed, okay? They, they oh, were pretty good, weren't they? All, honestly, all of them I, I can't tell you who was the best because all of them did so well. And, I mean, the ones that I knew the least, um, What Up RG and Gavi, you know, they were the ones that I didn't really know what to expect. And especially Gavi, man, like, they both really put out. And, I mean, Gavi came out, and I couldn't stop jumping up and down. What Up RG, <laughs> I didn't know what he was saying in half of his songs, but I couldn't stop jumping. I mean, they were legit. You know, and everybody else, it, it just got better and better and better. Like, there were no bad performances at that concert. No, there was not. I mean, Andy, I love Andy. And that's Andy will always be, you know, in my top five, probably top two, to be honest. But Andy Mooney, yeah. when he came out, he had hit upon hits. Like, the crowd was oh, just yeah. going crazy with the amount of songs he just kept putting out. And they were all great. Like, Every song was just phenomenal. It was just like so yeah. good. Um, no yeah. bad songs. It was a really good show. Yeah, no bad songs. Like absolutely no bad songs. You know, um, the only thing, the only thing is uh, when I'm um, then when, when I'm looking back on it is the fact that I'm realizing that when I'm going to shows like the Unashamed Forever tour, when I go to the Cray shows, is I'm getting to realize that I'm kind of one of the older people in the crowd. Is when I'm noticing is that like. Uh, you know, Lecrae's getting a lot of young fans, okay? And it's cool. I mean, yeah. I'm fine with some young Frank fans and whatnot. But I'm just... I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure we were standing next to, like, a youth group because there were a couple of, like, 12-year-olds next to me. And, yeah, yeah, yeah they, were, they were right there. So, yeah, I hear you on that. Yeah, yeah. They were pretty young, okay, guys? And it made me feel old, and I was like, wow, you know, like, goodness. But I will say this. I was having a lot of shade, okay? Because there were some songs that they were playing and they performed. I was like, yeah, y'all don't know about this. Y'all too young for this. Okay, y'all don't know about 10 years ago, Lecrae. Y'all don't know about this, okay? Stop pretending like you know the song because I know you don't, okay? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like pretty much when, when you started saying that, because Shelton was like looking at the kids and he was like, oh, y'all don't know about this song. Y'all don't know about this. And I felt like I was, I felt like I was looking at – 
like my dad if like a, a new edition song came on from the eighties or like whatever or like a James Brown song. He'd be like, oh, you don't know about this. Like that, that was that was Shelton at the concert. Whatever Lecrae would be playing something that we didn't know about. Yeah, yeah, um, no, no shame, guys. Yes, that that was me. Uh, what what's your new favorite Lecrae album? All right. Yeah, new favorite Lecrae album is uh, Gravity. Uh, what year? I think that came out in like 2012. At least that's what Spotify and stuff tells me. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I think 2012. Yeah. Yeah, that and the song that really drew me in on that because all of it's so good. I mean, the drop I love, and when I need to get turned because I'm working out or whatever, I listen to the drop. Um, but the song Free from yeah. It All really just like oh my. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you feel me. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, just go listen to it. It's a great song, okay? Um, but, I I mean, I'll listen to that album on repeat. And then um, I like – I've been listening to Church Clothes 1 a lot, and the one song on that that I really, really, yeah. really love is uh, No Regrets, another really good song. Oh, man, that's so good. The, the thing yeah. is, the, one, the Church Clothes 1 that they have on the streaming site – they have about, I want to say, oh, man, there's like so much, about songs? 10 songs they don't have, like, when the original mixtape came out. The, the real Church Clothes 1 has about, like, 17 songs on it. That's the real. But the ones they have on streaming one are the ones that they could get cleared. Like, they couldn't get some of the samples that they had on the mixtape cleared. So the ones that we have on the streaming sites are basically the only things that we have. We don't have it as it originally was given to us. Um, but there's a couple of songs that weren't on, that's not on the streaming thing that, man, I, I'm going to, I have a CD, and I'm going to download it, and the next time I see you, which, which will actually be next weekend, I'll download it, oh. let you hear it from beginning to end, and you will be like, oh, oh, now I understand why Shelton likes this so much, like, goodness. Huh. So you will yeah. hear, like, all, I think it's 17 songs that's on there, and it's, if you like this version that's on the streaming site, you'll love it, the one that's on the mixtape one. It's, like, amazing. You'll really like that. Well, yeah, man. Do that, and then um, hopefully you'll get that Lecrae book eventually. I'm sorry. Actually, you can tell people I, what happened to you, you know. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, so after this whole, uh, my eyes being open to Lecrae and the wonderful music that he puts out, I uh, I found his biography on Amazon, and I found a book that Trip Lee wrote as well, and both of them had really good reviews, and they just looked super interesting. So I'm like, dude, I'm going to order both of these. Plus, it was under 10 bucks, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Um, I got my Trip Lee book. I was super happy, you know, and then a couple of days later, I get my Lecrae book, or what I thought was my Lecrae book. I open it up, and it's some other book that – says unashamed that's the title of this book it's unashamed and this other book i mean it, it looks like a nice book it says it's unashamed right and it's about being a christian and unashamed you know it's got pictures of unashamed christians all over the world so it looks really interesting but like it's really small and basically bottom line it's not the book that i ordered so i got my money back but the company that sent it they're like oh well we're not going to send you the copy that you ordered, you can, you know, keep that other book or donate it, whatever. So I kept it, and then I just went and found his book at our local used bookstore. So I have it now, thank goodness. 
Okay, good. Dude, you're going to you're going to absolutely love it, man. That was that's a really good book. Like it shares so much stuff about his life. Some stuff I already knew, but then he goes into like greater detail with it because a lot of a lot of things that he discusses in the book. If you're like a I don't want to say a real Lecrae fan, but if you are a real Lecrae fan, you'll hear a lot of those things in songs that he's talked about before. So like you're like, oh, oh okay, yeah, you. this this goes with this song. I remember oh. I remember when he talked about this a little bit, but he just kind of expounds on it and be like, okay, this is like my yeah. salvation experience, and it just makes a lot Ooh. more sense. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's some true. really good stuff. And it kind of, um, what I got from his book especially was um, empathy, and um, it, it, I, it, 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 what I got from his book was to have empathy for people, but also to be patient with people. Um, hmm. Because a lot of times, you know, in that book, you'll see that Lecrae was a mess. Like, before he got saved, and even after he got saved, he was a royal mess. Um, and yet, God has used him in a powerful way to impact and help people all around the, all around the world. You know, I, there's so many people to, to preaching, I surrender to pastoring because of Lecrae's music or um, I've gotten saved through crazy music. Like, there's so many stories that he has, and it makes me, like, sometimes we look at the finished product and we never realize that, hey, uh, you know, they, if you would have known them before Christ, you know, before Jesus changed them, you might not have wanted to hang out with them or be around them. Um, mm-hmm. And so it makes me realize that everybody has, like, sometimes meeting people in their before Christ days. And, and but it makes you wonder, how are you going to treat this person? Because you never know what God can do in someone's life. You know, and sometimes we, the Bible talks about in James the importance of not having respect, like being a respecter of persons, or not like basically going, hey, you know, I'm going to treat you better than this person because of, you know, because of how you look or because of how much money you have or whatever. And God is, in the Word of God always tells us to treat people well. And sometimes, you know, when I'm reading this book, I'm like, man, I don't know if I would have, if I knew Lecrae before Jesus, I don't know if I would have, you know, um, responded with empathy or responded with patience. Um, but I'm grateful for the people that were in Lecrae's life who allowed him to grow in Christ. Um, because, you know, I think we're living in a day and time where we're not allowing people to grow and to um, be, because sometimes it takes time for that growth to happen. What? Let's see. Uh, all right. So we're going to talk about some very powerful, powerful subjects. Okay. So we're not only going to be talking about Lecrae today. Um, we're going to talk about some pretty interesting topics. And I've got someone on the podcast for you guys today who I think is. Uh, we've, we've talked about so many, too many of these topics before, and I want to hear you know his perspective on a lot of this. So um, we're going to talk about, one of the topics that we're going to talk about in kind of great detail is the topic of abortion, okay? And I know abortion is one of those hot-button, you know, topics when we talk about it in politics, and it's one of those things that, um, you know, for a lot of people, it can be seen as um, divisive or it can seem as, as, oh, my soul, like, if you don't fall on this side of the aisle on this issue, then... And I, I can't hang out with you. I can't. So I, I'm hoping that I have an audience that allows people to just think differently, 
um, to um, just be themselves and allow us all to learn, you know, you know, allow, allow just allow us to learn because we're still learning kind of on the fly with this stuff. But when it comes to the topic of abortion, all right, and um, you are someone who I know that you are what, you know, the media or what everyone likes to, we have the, the term that we like to use, the coin word that we like to use is pro-life, okay? Now, can you explain to people, okay, essentially what that means to be pro-life and then also explain why you are pro-life for people? Okay, well, um, basically, uh, just to sum it up, pro-life means that I think that an unborn child has the right to live. I, I personally, I don't think that it's right to terminate a pregnancy because I believe that um, you are, in fact, terminate, terminating an innocent human life. Uh, that's, that's basically pro-life. And then uh, the reason that I'm pro-life, man, I could give you a ton of different reasons uh, why I am personally pro-life because my, my um, understanding of being pro-life, it's evolved so much uh, just because for those of you who don't know, I have a daughter. Um, she is almost a year old now, actually. Um, she'll be a year old in May. And let me tell you, yeah, for going from not having a kid and being pro-life to having a kid and going with my wife through the entire pregnancy process, that has definitely opened my eyes up to the idea of being pro-life more than uh, it ever had before. Um, it, it, it's a hot-button issue, but I really do think that it's an issue that as, the, as a church... Um, and as Christians, I think we've handled it pretty poorly in the past, and it's an issue that I feel is uh, really just being swept under the rug um, because we're so distracted by all these other things that are going on, and I think that it is very important to bring this issue uh, back to light so that we can uh, learn how to, how to deal with it and learn where to go from here, basically. Yeah, I, I I want to get your perspective on this, and and I think that you're so that you'd be so good to kind of talk on it. Is I think sometimes that um you know you mentioned that sometimes in the church we kind of handle it kind of poorly, and I want to talk about um two things. Um, so one I'm going to talk about you know the ways that the church is kind of handled it poorly just a little bit is um and I and I and I'm going to be honest on the podcast. That's what I want to do. Make sure that I'm honest as well. I have handled this topic poorly before, um, and, um, and there's still times that I still think I, I'm, I'm working through how to do it well. Um, the reason why I'm saying that is because I, I, was, I fell on this topic kind of, um, I used to be really hard on people. Um, I used to be like, um, basically, if you ever had an abortion before, I was like, angry or upset with you or how or my or my tone about that was was, was terrible. Um, I had times where um, you know, I just said things kind of in in this kind of negative tone, negative way. And I believe that there's a lot of, you know, Christians who sadly have treated people kind of um, you know, wrong inside the church, right? Who, people who may have a difference of opinion about this topic of of abortion or being pro life. And so, um, for those, how, how, how do you handle that? Where you have people in church 
They're both Christians. They both go to church. They both, maybe let's say they both go to the same church. But one has a different view of the of pro-life. The other one, you know, d doesn't see it, doesn't, you know, maybe they're, they're pro-choice. The other one's pro-life. Is there a way that we can have, um, how, just be nice towards each other, even despite our differences? Is that something that's even possible? You know, I think it's funny because we, we ask if this is possible, but I, I simply say just look at the model that Jesus left for us because Jesus was surrounded by people who didn't do uh, the right things all the time, and he was surrounded by people who didn't believe in him or, uh, you know, he was surrounded by people who didn't interpret the Bible correctly, you know, or what they had of the Bible, they didn't interpret it correctly. And he still showed love and compassion uh, to those people. And when it comes to this topic, I think of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter. And, you know, verse 1 says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or love, then I'm just as – I sound like a, a piece of brass or a clanging cymbal. So basically the whole premise is – you can have all the truth in the world. You can be as right as ever. You can be correct. But if you don't have love in what you say, it doesn't matter how well you say it. It doesn't matter how knowledgeable you are on the topic, and it doesn't matter how right you are. If you don't have love in what you say, then it's not going to go anywhere. You're just making noise. So I think mm -hmm. first and foremost, we need to understand that when we talk to people, regardless of whether we agree with them or not, we have to have the love of Christ in what we say and in our hearts because ultimately, as Christians, we're just trying to show that love to everyone else so that, you know, they can be drawn closer to Christ, you know? That's so, so true, man. But I feel like, and I, I think that you're right, it's possible. I mean, the, the, the um, Jesus is so good on showing us and being that perfect example so that even though people may, you know, you, know, you may see it differently than they would on a particular topic. Um, that doesn't mean that we need to treat them terribly or have this um, animosity toward them because, hey, how in the world can you be pro-choice? How in the world can you be pro-life? And all this, all these different things. And I think that, and I'm seeing that in the church where we as Christians have fought amongst ourselves when it comes to this particular topic. And then no, I also and saw how I, I feel like, oh, go ahead, what you were going to mention on that one. What were you going to say on that well, issue? Real quick, sorry, yeah, because I, I want to let you talk too. Real quick, though, like we, like you said, we fight amongst ourselves um, about the topic, and then that kind of distracts us from what our real mission is on earth, which is to tell the world about Jesus Christ. So we're instead of telling people about Jesus Christ and being an example to lost folks for him, we're too busy fighting over, yeah, it's an important topic, but we're over here fighting and we're not accomplishing anything. And okay, and so now you, you why do you have to say? Because now you're gonna make me say something. I, I'm gonna get what I was gonna say because of what you just said made me think about this. Okay, how many times though? In the um, I've heard about strategies that people did at war to where okay they had an enemy. Okay, and so what they uh, let's say someone's in war, they have an enemy, they have a nation I guess that they're against, whatever. And so what they decided to do to help them help themselves out is they said, okay, I'm going to have them fight amongst themselves, right? So we have different people in the nation fighting amongst themselves because they're going to be so distracted and they're going to be so much, um, um, you know, uh, focused on their issues internally that 
that they don't even realize that I'm that I'm coming to to attack them, right? So there's there's a war that's happening, and I feel like the devil, what he like, what he does is he's like, okay, I want these people to be so focused on things that don't get me wrong, they they matter. These things that we're talking about, but we're he's having us so focused on these um these topics. And we're not focused on things that actually really does matter when it comes to eternity. Really does matter when it comes to like you know other particular things. And I feel like the devil is sitting back and he's smiling because he's like, okay, you guys aren't even fighting the race or, or doing the race that you're supposed to do because you're so focused on these. I don't want to call them my new issues because I know they're they're serious issues. But you know what I mean when I say that is that like he has us fighting over issues that don't matter when it comes to eternity. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, you know, like you said, I mean, we uh, we rarely talk about these things with love. So when we talk about it with anger, we're just feeding the stereotype that, oh, well, Christians hate everyone that don't believe exactly like them. So why would I want to be a Christian? You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And it's so true. And, and I was thinking about what I was thinking about too, which was um, um, I find this kind of interesting, is I was reading a thread someone had posted on Twitter, and it was talking about how this person had um, she had went to um, Planned Parenthood. I know you just need mentioning Planned Parenthood, like oh boo, someone is on, yeah, someone's listening like, right now, like oh, boo, Shelton, Planned Parenthood, boo. But no, I was reading this thread, and, and I love listening to people. And she was talking about how she went for like her checkups or went for something, and she wasn't even having like she wasn't there to, to actually have an abortion, but she was doing the, the other things that they that Planned Parenthood does for women. Um, she was um, there doing that, those particular things, but when she was from the time she got out of her car, she was being yelled at. Uh, people were um, not letting her get out of her car, talking about um, God hates you. For having an abortion, like all this different stuff, and they're screaming this right in in the name of, of of Jesus, right? And they're doing all this stuff, and she goes in, gets her stuff done, comes back out. People are saying, "I can't believe you had an abortion," yada yada, and they're screaming at her, right? And she she's saying all these people are protesting. This is the one thing she hates about going here because she's like, and all these people are yelling at me for um for for an abortion that I didn't even have, right? So you have this kind of perspective to where there are people that are protesting Planned Parenthood, right? And they're doing all these particular things. But I have to wonder, and I'm not saying, and and when I'm, and let me rewind this too, is pro- protesting and, and, and all these different things have nothing to get protesting. That's not my thing. Um, but there's a couple of things that I want to think about when it comes to this is how effective, though, do you really think that is, you know, with that? And I'm, and I'm not, you know, I, I, I am just asking a question is how right. effective do you think something like that is to someone even if she was going in there to have an abortion um i just yeah. don't know if all of that is necessary what do okay you well i'll yeah I, i'll put it to you like this okay i'm a cop I, I sometimes get paid to yell at people and even when i yell at people rarely do they do the thing that i want them to do so yelling and screaming and acting a fool no, that's not effective. That doesn't do anything for anyone except really push people away from 
the message that you're trying to convey. And if there's one thing that I've learned about people all around the board is that people, they want to fight for something and they tend to want to feel like they're doing something right, okay? So all those people who stand at the gates and yell and, you know, in the name of Jesus, you're horrible or whatever these idiots are doing, they feel like it's, it's weird. They feel like they're doing God's work, but they're definitely not. And since you uh, brought up this point, I'm just going to drop a little plug here for the people because I <laughs> saw this movie. Yeah, I saw this movie yesterday with my wife, and I thought it was very well done because all the elements that we're talking about right now we're all in this movie, and it's a it's a movie that just gets you thinking, okay? Um, it's called Unplanned. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it. If you haven't seen it, um, I just highly recommend that you go see it. I like the way that it's done because it's, it's strictly done from the perspective of um, Abby Johnson. Uh, that's who the movie's about, and it's literally just talking about her life and how she went from working for Planned Parenthood for 10 years to leaving and becoming pro-life. And there are so many good things in this movie uh, for Christians. Like if you, uh, if you want to learn, you know, how, how do you talk to someone who's pro-choice or, or how, do you, how do you interact with people who have had an abortion or are trying to get one or how do you interact with people who are, you know, just full-on like, yeah, abortion's great. You know, it, it just is a really good eye-opening movie, and whether you're pro-life, pro-choice, or you're just kind of in the middle like, I don't know, I think it's a movie that would definitely be worth watching, you know, for anybody to watch, honestly. So guys, I just wanted to pause the conversation there because I wanted to discuss some things with you guys. Um, for for the um, listeners that don't know, we actually have a Facebook group dedicated um, to you guys, um, where you can go ahead and discuss things that that we may have said on the on any kind of podcast episode, or maybe you want to just have an um, a discussion about something that you've been thinking about. This is a great place for us to communicate ideas. Um, you know, so don't think that, hey, I have to have it all together. Hey, um, you know, I, I need to have know all the answers. It's a place where you can ask questions and it's and no one's going to shun you or, or shame you because w- that conversation, that's all that I want it to be is to continue the conversations that we start start right here on the podcast. So I definitely want to thank you guys so much for listening. And I want to get you back into that conversation. Before I get you back in, I want to let you know a question that I asked DJ. I asked DJ um, what was, you know, his response to the critique that many people have towards Christians that are pro-life that they say, hey, you don't want these women to have an abortion, yet you're not with them when they do have the child. You know, you're not you're not there for them, you know, when um, they have these tough decisions to make and maybe financially they're not able to take care of the child. Maybe they um, the 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 child seems to be a burden to them to have. And where are the Christians there? And I told them that there are many people that critique Christians that are pro-life and say, hey, you guys aren't really pro-life. You guys are just pro-birth. You care about these people to to, um, have the child, but you don't care for them afterwards. And they they talk about things like welfare, things of that nature, that Christians that are um, conservatives and pro-life are kind of against, which seems to go against what... um, 
their belief system is when it comes to being pro-life. So I um, asked him that, I discussed that with him, and his answer really blew me away. So guys, please listen up to um, his answer, and I think that you will enjoy it as well. Yeah, I I believe that we need to see things through. I mean, the, the most annoying thing in the world is someone who starts something and then they don't finish, okay? Um, mm. And this is I kind of think the church has dropped the ball um, because we've been tasked to minister to people. We've been tasked to, I mean, we're, we're supposed to take care of the poor. I mean, we're supposed to help people. That, that's kind of what we do. Um, and I feel like when it comes to the idea of abortion, I'm like, okay, a lot of people probably get abortions, um, I would assume because they are by themselves, they don't have a good support structure, they're worried about how are they going to take care of this child, and I say all that um, with a lot of sensitivity, because to be completely honest, when I found out that we were pregnant with my daughter, it was the happiest day of my life, but also the scariest day, because I had no Mm. idea. I was going to be a dad. I had no idea. I had never held a baby before. I mean, in the day we brought her home, oh, my gosh, let me tell you, I was freaking out. I mean, it was great, but I was terrified, okay, because there's that, I mean, that's a whole lot of responsibility. And now you have another mouth to feed. You have someone dependent on you. So I can't imagine being a high schooler, find out you're pregnant, you're by yourself, you you can't take care of yourself and now you're stuck with the question of how am I going to take care of this baby? And it, yeah, you have people telling you, well, abortion's wrong. Don't do it. But at the same time, you don't have anyone helping you through the pregnancy. And when the baby's here, people just kind of mean mug you because you're a single mom and you're in high school. You know what I mean? So as the church, I feel like the way that we need to change that is one Um, We need to promote um, pregnancy centers, which is something that I learned about because my wife just got involved with one here in Lubbock. And basically, um, like here in Lubbock, we have, it's called Parkridge Pregnancy Center. And basically what it is, is it's a Christian organization, nonprofit. They do everything that Planned Parenthood does, literally everything that they do except for the abortions. So you need a checkup for your baby. Mm. Hey, you can go there and get ultrasounds done. They even go so far as to have counseling for you to help you figure out what you're going to do when the baby arrives. They have counseling for people who have had abortions and feel guilty about it or just feel horrible about it. They have counseling for those people. They have counseling for fathers who, you know, their their significant others have gotten abortions or they're thinking about an abortion. So really, this place takes the whole family, and instead of just telling them don't get an abortion, they're like, no, come here. We're gonna do. We're gonna take care of your medical needs right now. We're gonna give you checkups. We're gonna give you um, STD checkups and whatnot. We're gonna make sure your baby's doing well, and then we're gonna give you a blueprint on what you can do once your baby comes into the world. So after you have your baby, you can still go back there and get counseling and guidance and stuff like that. And I really think that's something that as a church and as a country, you know, for us Christians, if we want to see more people turning away from abortion, then we need to be there to to give them those options, to be that support. And instead of judging people for the positions that they find themselves in, turn around, show them the love of Christ, and 
just give people help because that's all people are looking for is help. And the problem is, is that Planned Parenthood, um, yeah, some of the help that they have offered just happens to be terminating uh, uh, your child. And that, if we want to change that, then we, we need to change hearts. That's there the critique that some people have, you know, it's, it's warranted, you know, that there's some people that say, hey, you don't want me to have an abortion, okay, well, help me, help me when this child is born, type thing, you know, you know, we do have to step in and be there for, um, you know, these women, try to be there all the way through, right, to try to help them um, as they are making these very tough decisions, and I think that's true, um, but another criticism that people have when it comes to this issue, when I'm talking to people that are that they, they're like, okay, you know, you're pro-life, okay, well, what about this? Um, people that are pro-life, you know, most of them are times they're conservative, and they're like, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't adding up to me because I thought true conservatism is that you want unlimited government. However, now you want the government involvement on this issue. So um, why, is, why is it that you want limited government in some things but not limited government when it comes to this issue of abortion or um, uh, pro-life and all these particular things. What's your response to that even, to that critique? Yes, I know. I just ended that podcast episode kind of on a cliffhanger. And you're going to have to listen to the next episode to hear DJ's response. And next episode, we're going to dive deeper into the topic of abortion. We're even going to talk a little bit about gun control. So many different things that me and, uh, and DJ discussed on this particular podcast episode. And I really, really think you guys are going to enjoy uh, the next episode. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening to this one. And, uh, and just to let you guys know, yes, I am weird because I did end it on that cliffhanger. I am still a pastor's kid with all those uh, references about the Bible. And I definitely hope you guys have yourself a great rest of your week. All right, bye.